Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mama, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, moviegoers! You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Sky and Colin. And we are both the killer. Yeah, man. I got killer good looks. Ah, and- dude. Fucking lady killers. No. <laughs> yeah, because we are slaying the pussy. No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Daddy's looking for a scandal. Yeah, because you a nasty daddy. I am a nasty daddy, and I'm looking for scandal. 2022 is the year we get canceled. <laughs> I'm looking shooting, f- shooting for the stars. Shooting for the stars? Yeah, shooting for the gutters, more like it. <laughs> shooting but- for the stars, like... Don't look up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, do you think we're going to end up doing an episode on Don't Look Up? The only way we would is if it got nominated for anything. Do you see that happening? If, if it's nominated for Best Picture, we'll do a review on it. But right, yeah, that's what I know. mean. But, um, yeah, I mean, I when I watched it, I was kind of like, I don't really think this is going to get a ton of love. But it was nominated for a bunch of Golden Globes, so... Yeah, who I'll, knows? I'll wait. I'm having a really hard time seeing uh, who would get nominated for Best Picture. There's a few movies I've watched where when I'm done, I'm like, I enjoyed that. I don't necessarily think it will get a Best Picture nomination, but if it did get the nomination, I would not be surprised, if that makes any sense. I think it, I think it makes sense. Like, I think it's just... Again, another weak year because of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think similar to last year, the movies that are going to get nominated might be, like, good movies, but maybe not movies that we love or, you know, compared to... Like, 2019, I feel like so much of what was nominated for Best Picture we really loved. Um, yeah. And then I feel a like, lot of good choices. Yeah, I feel like last year and this year, it's kind of like, yeah, I guess... Compared to the movies that came out this year, you're you're good. But do I love you? No. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We all understand that. It's like, yeah, yeah compared compared to uh compared to the other fucking fucking goblins and trolls that are coming up to me like, oh you're so you're so fucking hot. Mm-hmm. You're definitely better than that, but do I love you? Yeah. Who who's to say? Yeah. I mean, 
Honestly, that's the thing is, you say something like that to me, and you're like, you know, do I love you? And I'm like, what's love got to do? Got to do with it? <laughs> is that what you would say if a stranger walked up to you and said, "Do you love me?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm also envisioning this conversation happening exclusively in a Walmart. That's where it normally happens. It happened to me. Yeah, <laughs> yesterday actually, I was in a Walmart getting some uh, getting some home supplies, some cleaning supplies, and somebody came up and was like, um, "Do you love me?" And I and I was confused. I was like, "What is love?" <laughs> Baby, don't hurt me. And they were like, okay, I'll leave you alone, sir, because I was screaming in a Walmart. (laughs) I was actually in Walmart today picking up the new Pokemon game. Oh. uh, Yeah. And uh, I asked the guy, I was like, yo, can you you unlock the little case and get me Pokemon Narceus? And he was like, sure. And he was unlocking it. There was some customers standing next to me, and they looked over at me, and I looked over at them, and they were like, the switch just so convenient, and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <That was that. laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what What are you doing right now? Yeah, they're like, they're like, "Yeah, you can buy a Pokemon game, or we can fuck in a Walmart bathroom." <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really gnarly. <laughs> Because of the bathroom aspect or the fucking a stranger in public? Um, mainly the Walmart bathroom aspect. <laughs> okay. Yeah, fair. I'm on I'm in the same boat. It's like, <laughs> ew, like maybe if we were in a Target, I'd say yes. But yeah, dude, yeah. Target doesn't a- have shit streaks on the wall. Uh you'd be surprised. I was at a Target <laughs> bathroom recently, and somebody Somebody did the thing where you, you put the toilet paper around uh, the seat so that you don't skin to, to toilet seat contact, you know? Yeah. However, <laughs> what it looks like actually happened is they put the toilet paper all around the seat so that they can pee on the toilet paper <laughs> all <laughs> over the seat because it was soaking wet. Like, it looked like plaster, like, you know, you get like, uh, like, like paper mache. It looked like they paper mache yeah. the toilet seat with just piss and toilet paper. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Looked like a fucking my, mummy. My, <laughs> just my, a yellow, stinky mummy with a big my, gaping mouth. <laughs> my favorite, uh, my favorite bathroom story is there was, we were at a Buffalo Wild Wings and Brandon went into the bathroom. <laughs> I, I already love this. <laughs> but Brandon came came out of the bathroom and he was like, he was like, I'm really disturbed right now. And I was like, why? And he was like, he's like, because I went into the stall. He's like, it was just like a huge shit in the toilet. Like the guy didn't flush. And I was like, yeah, like what do you expect? And he was like, but that's not the disturbing part. He's like, there was no toilet paper in it. Oh no! <laughs> so he was Someone... like, I think the guy just like is walking around here with just like shit ass. <laughs> Maybe he got blipped. Yeah, yeah, he got flipped <laughs> mid-poop. <laughs> Dude, it had to have happened. Marvel isn't talking about it. They're avoiding the subject. I know somebody had to be pooping when they got yeah. flipped. So the poop <laughs> is left behind, but then there's no remnants of toilet paper or flushing or anything. It's just like, 
oh, would the poop be blipped with you? Because it has your same, like, biological material or something? Or because once (laughs) it leaves your body, it's not yours anymore. Yeah, I think once it leaves your body, it's the Earth's. I, I hope that they blip That's back God though, when now. someone else was <laughs> I hope they blip back when someone else was using that toilet. And they're sitting on their lap. Yeah, they just blip back ass naked <laughs> with <laughs> with an unwhite with an unwiped butt. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. <laughs> We're talking about poop again. <laughs> what? An unwiped but <laughs> I I would I think this is also funny because like two episodes ago I was like, man, Marvel needs to hire you, man. You got so many <laughs> good ideas. <laughs> Somebody blips back. <laughs> Unwiped butt. Make it canon. <laughs> now, now that's really backdoor MCU. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this backdoor MCU? Wink, wink. I think it is. Oh, man. Yep. Well, it wouldn't be our show if we didn't talk about shitting in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. It's a staple. It's a staple, man. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we are back with another episode. And I feel like it's been a while since we did a horror uh, movie review. Yeah. Well, is Last Night in Soho a horror movie? Um, I don't know. Would you consider that horror? It has horror elements for sure, but I wouldn't know if it's, I don't think it's like straight up horror, but I guess that is only like what, three episodes ago. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a lot more going on in that movie than, than the horror aspect. Like I think even when we talked about it, most of the horror stuff didn't really land for me. I think the last like pure horror movie we did that's new was Candyman, which is back in October, the beginning of October. Yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's been a, it's been a minute. Right. Candyman. But, uh, we did the shining after that. Yeah. I feel like after that though, there was probably a big, big gap between our movies. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying well, to, Well, we also had a big gap in our releases. Like we were going pretty strong through October. I think every week in October we hit, hit an episode if i'm looking i'm looking at it now yeah we we did good in october november we had three episodes december is when we took a little bit of a break because we only had one episode all of december it was after christmas boo yeah it was eternals (laughs) we were uh we were talking about this the other day just on the phone i think 2019 beat us down a little bit in terms of horror movies so i feel like we've been a lot more selective with them um Cause there's been horror movies that have come out this year that are like, that looks like dog shit. Like it's just a horror movie on its own that looks crappy. And I feel like, you know, back in 2019, we would hit some of those, like I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, like, I mean, I know, I know we did like pet cemetery that does have like a little bit more of a following and stuff, but bright, uh, bright burn is a good one that comes to mind. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, in hindsight, we could have avoided that. Now I feel like the horror movies that we're doing, it's like, oh, like Candyman is written by Jordan Peele. We got to do that. Like Scream has a following. We got to do that. But we're not hitting the stuff where it's like, that looks like crap, <laughs> but we'll do an episode on it anyway. <laughs> so right. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, is man, how many bad mo- horror movies did we watch that year? Too many, like way too many. Like I felt really like dead and like numb to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, but I, you know, this I felt kind of rejuvenated. I was ready for it. Um, what's your relation to like the scream movies, like the originals, the you know the first one, the ones following after? I think we've talked about this before when we've done our Halloween brackets, but for me, uh, I like the first one. I think the first one has a little bit of nostalgia for me, not a ton because it was never something that I was like hugely into because right. I always liked the other horror movies a little bit more than it. Like I always liked Halloween more and uh, like Friday the 13th. I liked more and nightmare on Elm street and uh, scream always kind of felt to me like, I don't know, like on like the lighter side of it. And I, yes, it is. I, I would say it's a little bit more campier than at least two of those. I think Nightmare on Elm Street obviously goes for humor and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. Scream's pretty self-aware, and I don't know. I just felt like a lot of like, like that was every kid's Halloween costume. It was ghost oh yeah. Face. And I don't know. It just it was never something that I was like super into. I I get that the first one people love it, but after that. I think I've watched the second one once. I haven't seen three or four. I just didn't really care. So, I don't know. This uh, this came out, and I was kind of like, I don't know if I was excited for it, but I like the people who made it, so I was willing to give it a shot because um, they, the two of them, the two directors on this movie, they, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get into this down the road, but they directed Ready or Not, which that was also a 2019 horror movie. And I know yeah. you liked that movie a lot. Yeah, I did. That was a really fun movie. Yeah, I mean, did, were you ever big into Scream? You know, uh, I remember when the first one came out, same as you. Uh, it was just everywhere. You saw the ghost face mask everywhere. Everywhere. It was like the number one like Halloween costume for like years to come. Uh, but I didn't see the movie right when it came out. Because when did that come out? Was that like 99? The first one? Uh, no, it was it was 96. It was when the wow, first one came even, out. Even earlier. Yeah, so I was, I was too young to be to be allowed to watch that. You know, we were seven years old when that movie came out. So um, I didn't see it probably until like 99 or 2000 or something. like. Which, which now I'm realizing is probably still too young. <laughs> but um but that's around that time is like I started to watch more like horror movies or like sneak sneak and watch more. You know, when your parents are getting divorced, they stop paying as close attention to what you're watching on TV. Uh, so <laughs> you get a you get away with murder, so to speak. So so yeah, I do remember that, but I never really uh I didn't see Scream 3, I didn't watch Scream 4. Uh that being said, you know, these movies were obviously incredibly influential, which is funny too, because the whole trope of the, or not the trope, the the whole premise of the movie is playing on the tropes of past horror movies and things like that. And it is super meta and reflective and everything. And then, um, and then like it ends up becoming influential in its own way. Like, we wouldn't have gotten scary movie and that entire franchise if it wasn't for Scream, I think. 
Yeah, no, I would agree. It's funny. Uh, when I was watching the movie today. I don't want to like really talk too much about the movie, but there was some stuff where, because I think I liked scary movie a lot more than I like scream. So there's moments when I was watching the movie today that I was like, <laughs> it wasn't jogging. Like I got that it was a reference to the original one. And like, I knew exactly what it was, but the first memory that was coming to mind, I was like, man, remember when they, when they hit this part in scary movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For real though. Scary movie had more staying power for me. But maybe because, well, one comedy resonated a lot harder for me. Um, Scary Movie came out in 2000. So I was like a little bit older. And there's like, I don't know, there's, it's just different. And uh, it spoke more to my like stupid sensibilities, that dumb humor. Uh, actually, on uh, on More Faster's, my old band's uh, first full length album, uh, one of our songs starts with a clip from Scary Movie. I don't remember that. Yeah, it's the scene when they're all in the office and they're like, they're like, what is that awful smell? And then um, whatever his name is in the movie, it's like Officer, like, because it's Officer Dewey and Scream. I think it's like Officer, like, Doofus or Doofy or something like that in Scary Movie. Yeah. And he's like, uh, I went poopy. They're like, did you just say that you went poopy? And he's like, yeah, it was good. Uh, I actually do remember that now. Yeah. Was that on your, your full-length album? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, I remember it now. <laughs> for, for a song titled, Who Fucking Fodded. So good. Right. So, so yeah, I think, um, I think the movies obviously had a big impact, especially that first one. The second one, second one, I don't remember it being particularly bad. But it's really hard to gauge with the series that is intentionally going for camp and trope, uh, which you know maybe we'll get into in a little while when we when we talk about this this uh, newest installment. Uh, but yeah, I also have not seen three or four, and uh, I was kind of hoping I'm like mm, really hope that that doesn't affect anything. I didn't hear great things about four. That's the most recent one. It was from like 2011 or something. 2012? 2011. From from what I've heard, like, neither three or four I've heard are particularly great, which is part of the reason why I had no interest in seeing them. Um, yeah. From what I've heard, though, three was really bad, and then four is like kind of like a course correction, and it's better than three, but also it's like it wasn't particularly difficult to make it better than three. Um, right. So... And then, then yeah, we, we we get this. Is is the new trend now to just rename a movie in the franchise the exact same thing? I guess because so. This is, it's not Scream Five; it's just Scream again. And they'd be called the same Scream thing again. Halloween. Yeah. Halloween yeah. dose. I, I've been calling this movie Shriek for like a week now. Shriek. Yeah. Well, there there was a um, a spoof movie. It's like Shrink, if you know what I did last Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> it's it's, which is crazy to me because they already made a scary movie, and then another movie's gonna come along and be like, we're also gonna spoof all of the same movies. And I'm like, wait, are they spoofing Scary Movie, which is already a spoof in itself? <laughs> like, I yeah, don't understand do what's happening. Yeah, I don't I don't really get that. But what's also interesting about what you're saying with um just naming it 
when taking the numbers off of it is um, it's not a reboot, which makes it confusing because then people are like, oh, they're rebooting the franchise. And it's like, well, no, it's another sequel. It's a continuation of the story. Um, <laughs> not, not even like a prequel, nothing. It's just like, no, it is just the fifth one. They just didn't put a number on it. And I'm like, why yeah. not? Why not put a number <laughs> on it? It would it would have been much more. Uh, people would have known what to expect a little bit more. Yeah, maybe potentially. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess that's just like the thing to do now. Maybe they think it like looks like cleaner, like it's a little bit more um, sophisticated or something. I don't know. Trailer <laughs> park. <laughs> nice that's how you do it <laughs> you know what though i'm, I'm okay with it because we were we were maybe getting a little too into scream and it ain't time for that it ain't time yeah. for us to scream that's that's and what i was on, thinking based on this trailer it's more so time to cream if you got time to scream you got time to cream yep i've always said what that are we talking what are we what are we talking here do we are are we talking about uh, somebody, somebody I used to date, somebody now you're now they're just somebody that I used to know. Yeah, remember that one hit wonder? Uh, yeah, goatee, <laughs> goatee, <laughs> goatee, <laughs> Go, goatee. And uh, yeah, are so is that what we're talking about? Are we talking about somebody, somebody I used to, uh, I used to fucking smash on the daily, but now I don't because we don't see eye to eye anymore. And now they're my ex. Correct. You did it. I did it. Well, it's because I have the trailer. I have the trailer still (laughs) pulled up. So. (laughs) Well, damn. Yeah, no, we're talking X. And this came out two weeks ago. I think the trailer came out and something like that. I watched it once. I watched it on my TV, um, but I think Brianna was on the phone, so I watched it with the volume down. <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually looking forward to like cranking it up right now and watching it. But I was into it, and you got another A24 horror movie. Always a good time with that. Well, I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a good time, but A24 I feel like has had a good, pretty good hit rate with their horror movies. And yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this. You yeah. want to just get into it? Oh, absolutely. I got it all queued up, ready to rack. All right. Farmer's daughter, take one. I need to be famous, Wayne. All the best people are. There ain't nobody else out there like you. You know why? Why? Because you got that X factor. Our days of struggling may soon be over. Hollywood, here we go. I love the look of this movie. Yeah. Like, immediately. Like, it looks and feels like it's not only, like, the design of, like, you know, costume and the setting and everything feels 70s, but the film itself, like, this looks like it was shot in the 70s. Yeah, I can see that. better to beg for forgiveness and ask for permission. Would you like to come inside? What's your boss? I want to be in the movie. Well, you can't. 
The story can't just change midway through. If Daddy catches us, there's no telling what he might do. My wife is not well. It happens after dark. Getting scary. You don't want to leave, do you? People's eyes are gonna pop out of their damn skulls when they see this. Are you all right? No. One of the boys found this inside. What do you think is on it? I see one goddamn fucked up horror picture. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm into it, man. I'm really into it. It's funny because like the music and the like the vibe and you get from the beginning, like it sounds like it's like just listening to it. It almost sounds like a fun romp. And yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> but then it's there's some really like weird, kind of sinister looking shit going on throughout this trailer. And uh, yeah, I also like um, that last name that last uh, name that Mia pops Goth. up, Mia Goth. Cause that yeah. really, that really uh, speaks to me, a goth. <laughs> I was gonna mention me a goth though. I there's some movies of hers that I I'm not like huge on. Like High Life, I wasn't the biggest fan of, but like she's in the Suspiria remake. I like that a lot. Marrowbone, I liked. Um, in general, I feel like the movies that she gravitates towards a lot are like these kind of fucked up, like darker in content movies, but most of the stuff that she's in is, is pretty cool. Yeah. So a lot of weird, I'm, I'm a lot in, of weird stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm into it. It's actually funny. Like I saw the trailer and it started and I was like, Oh, this looks weird. Oh yeah. A 24 horror movie. And I was like, Oh, he got it. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, man, I, uh, I love the way it looks. I like some of the people involved. I'm wondering if this is going to be like, maybe this ties in a little bit with, um, you know, the movie we're, we're about to review, but I'm wondering how much comedy is going to be in this. Like based on the trailer, there's like, you know, more fun music playing it. There are a couple jokes here. I wonder if it's going to be a little campy or if they're going like really dark on this. Well, I would say some of the seventies movies, you know, there's usually seen these, uh, you know, there's sex scenes and it's like horror back then. It wasn't as like elevated as it need as it is now. And there's a lot more just like here's like some bombshells taking a shower, rubbing each other, you know, the way that women always shower. And um, <laughs> and there's just like a lot more like gratuitous things in it. And mm-hmm. inevitably there was, you know, some kind of like corny acting and things like that because it really was just about like let's let's tell like a like a crazy story. Let's blood and slasher and like a lot of that world building stuff kind of comes later in a lot of these series. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Like, I love Texas Chainsaw. This gives me big times, like, Texas Chainsaw vibes in the sense, you know, like the, the house out in the middle of nowhere, down south, you know, it's sketchy and whatnot. You know, maybe, like, weird, weird, fucked up, like, serial killer type family living in a house or whatever mm-hmm. out, in, out in seclusion, so... And then they, what do they do? They, you know, terrorize a group of teens who are just out looking, you know, just party, man. Like, especially because of like the way like the seventies was, you know, them targeting teenagers who like to drink and smoke pot and have sex with their girlfriends or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. That that is usually how it is though. It is like, that's so I don't know if it's going to be like tongue in cheek. It really feels like, especially with the way the aesthetic is, that they are earnestly trying to recreate the feel of those 70s movies. So if there's tropes in there, I don't think they're doing it to be like cheeky and silly about it. I think they're doing it to um, to like pay respects to uh, those like mid-70s horror kind of classics. Yeah. I, I can see that much more. So Ty West is the director on this movie, and generally his movies are, I would say, above average to, to pretty good. I don't know if there's any movies that he has that are like phenomenal. Like his highest rated movie is Trigger Man and the House of the Devil, but I, I think generally he makes good movies, but they're movies that usually critics really respect and the audience is like, this is, this is bullshit. So, so they're yeah. maybe like a little bit more artsy, but where I was going with this is just, I think the way he operates is a lot more kind of like respectful, paying homage to stuff if he's going to do that. Whereas you're talking about like being tongue in cheek, but doing it in a clever way. I feel like that's more likely to happen here than we'll get to it. Scream tries to do some stuff where it's paying, paying homage to stuff, you know, previous horror movies. And it is like, so on the nose, like, re- mm. like I feel like it's like the mainstream ap- approach to it. And I don't see that coming from this. I feel like this is a movie that probably more film lovers are going to enjoy. And I mean, I'm I'm cool with that. But yeah, I don't I don't see if you know they're trying to be tropey with it that it's going to be in a way where it's incredibly obvious or just cheap. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. You got anything else on this? Um, no, I don't. I think uh, I think that's a good jumping off point for us to uh, start discussing the main reason why we're here. You know. Screech! Ah! <laughs> We're talking Screech 5. Yeah, let's just get into it. Matt Bettelini, Olfen, and Tyler Gillett probably destroyed that first name. <laughs> but they, they, they are both the directors on this movie. And like we said earlier, they were uh, the director on Ready or Not. And I'm actually pretty sure that they have some tie to VHS, which is actually something that Ty West was a part of. So we didn't okay. mean for this to be a good tie, but this actually, because Ty, or not, yeah, Ty West actually directed uh, one episode of the Scream TV show. So, like, there's your trailer park connection. We're geniuses. Um, <laughs> but yeah. the director on it, uh, James Vanderbilt, Guy Busick, and Kevin Williamson are writers. Kevin Williamson. I don't know if he actually wrote much of this. He was the writer on all his original Scream movies, so he's credited more as like the characters written by him. But some of the people involved on this movie have done stuff that is like fucking excellent. 
such as like one of the writers from Zodiac is a writer on this, but also okay. that same writer wrote The Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Win some, you lose some situation. Exactly, exactly. But then, you know, and there's other people, we'll get to people coming back, you know, in Jesus Christ. I did not realize there was this many ties between the two movies. The main character of Scream is also in X. <laughs> so. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's crazy. But yeah, there's, as far as the actors and actresses go, there are some people coming back from previous Scream movies. And then there's new characters as well. And a couple of them. I've actually enjoyed some of their stuff. Uh, Melissa Barrera, she was in In the Heights last year, which is actually very good. And then we have, um, oh, geez, what's the guy's name? Jack Quaid, who was in, he's in The Hunger Games, but he's actually in Logan Lucky, which I know is a movie we both really like. And then, yeah, I mean, Mikey Madison, Dylan Minnette, Jenna Ortega, they are all in this movie as well. And then, should I even say who's in this movie from previous screen movies? I feel like it's known because it was in the trailers. Yeah, everything. I don't think there were any surprises in this movie, okay. really. Yeah. With the exception of the, the whodunit of it all. Yeah. Uh, David Arquette, he's in this movie. He's coming back and he's playing Dewey. Courtney Cox is Gail. Um, and uh, Nev Campbell as Sydney. They're, they're, all, they're all back in the Screamiverse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where do you, you want to start on, on this bad boy? The thing about these screen movies is obviously they are very self-aware and, you know, playing on the tropes of horror movies, especially like classics mm-hmm. and things like that. And they've always been super meta. Like, you know, the screen movies are like in their universe. There are these movies called stab and it is basically what we know as scream. And then people, like it's it's all twisty turny it's like oh yeah stab is based on the events of the first scream movie so like basically stab is scream 1 yeah cuz it's based on the events from scream 1 and then but you know as as these franchises go on they tend to like implode on themselves kind of when you keep shoving your head so far up your own ass. (laughs) So, um, so it becomes really like kind of unnecessarily convoluted and, and silly. So with that being said, this movie, I had a really hard time, uh, discussing, uh, Meg and I both saw it together and we kind of, we had a hard time figuring out, our overall feelings and obviously we're not at that point for this but i think it does kind of play into how we assess the rest of the movie like when it comes to like the acting the writing and everything like that when a studio decides to make a movie like this it's intentionally tropey it's intentionally cheesy you know they ham it up for certain aspects and things like that i feel like it takes away the power to critique it because it's like well If you think it's bad, we meant it to be bad. So we actually are correct. We, we won. So jokes (laughs) on you critic, you know, like it makes it hard to tell sometimes when it's like, is this part of the movie bad because they wanted it to be cheesy and corny like this or because they were bad at making a movie? Here's, here's what I'll I'll say going off of that. Cause I, I a hundred percent agree. 
I feel like a lot of um a lot of the things that people might critique about this, they you know, you could also look at it like, well, they probably meant to do that on purpose. And I think they did do it on purpose. I think a lot of the decisions that they made with this movie, it's obvious what they were going for. Yeah. And I'm I'm fine with like meta to a degree. But the one thing I will say is this movie is like so meta and trying so hard to kind of be a movie within a movie that I feel like it loses a ton of originality. And when we get to spoilers, I'll explain why. But for me, I was just kind of like, yeah, I get, you know, I get the campiness. I get the 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 tongue in cheekness. I guess the, the humor behind it. I know I understand it's all intentional, but also why don't you make me something that I haven't seen already? Right. Because I could have left the theater and just been like, man, they just showed uh, the original Scream. Like, I just got to rewatch the original Scream in a theater. That was cool. Because yeah. uh, with, young, with is, younger, worse actors. Yeah. And I'm okay with you know paying tribute to another movie or even like rehashing some old stuff. But, but give me something new in there as well. And I mean, a movie that actually gets mentioned in this movie is Star Wars Episode Seven. Yeah. But I feel like Episode Seven, although the, it, it does a lot of what New Hope does, there are new things in there. And yeah. And I, I do, I just feel like so much of this movie, like it's not even just the events that happen. It's like we're going to play the same events in the same room as the, as right. the old movie. Like, so it's, it got to a point to me where I was like, I, I get what you're going for, but also there's nothing new here. There's no originality here. And, yeah, and you back being, a little bit. Yeah. And then like you trying to be like funny with it. I don't think it's that funny. Honestly, I'm, I'm kind of more like, mm, I think this is just you trying to justify really lazy writing. Um, yes. And maybe that, maybe that's just me. No, I felt that way too. And, uh, okay. you know, with like, <sighs> yeah, like what you're saying about, it's like, all right, you want to revisit the old and pay homage to the old, um, do that, but don't forget to give me something new too. And, uh, I equate it to this. You ever make box Mac and cheese and then you have leftovers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think what, what was episode seven? The Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Force Awakens understood that if you're going to reheat that shitty box mac and cheese, you got to add like a little bit of milk or a little bit of butter or a little bit of cheese, something to it when you heat it up in the microwave so that it doesn't get completely dried out. Because you know how it like dries out when you put it in the microwave Mm -hmm. after like a day? But if you, you put just a little little dash of milk or a little bit of butter or both or you just put a little bit of uh, a little bit of cheese in there just to give it some new life, then it ends up being good. And you're like, damn, it's just as good as it was yesterday. However, you put that same mac and cheese, just raw dog in the microwave, just in a bowl, don't add anything to it. You're just heating up yesterday's mac and cheese. That shit comes out dry. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what a lot of franchises end up doing is they think they're like, oh my God, people love this. Let's reheat this story. Let's reheat this franchise. You know, throw it in the microwave, cook it up, get us some bread. 
both in the uh, in the food sense in this metaphor and in the money sense in our real life. And uh, yeah, let's just let's just reheat this this franchise real quick. And they don't they don't add to it. They don't make it taste like new. They just like oh yeah, well you know it, you love it, so here it is, you fat fuck. Eat your mac and cheese. So I think for parts of this, I can see that they wanted to pay homage. They wanted to whatever honor the the franchise. But on the other hand, I'm like, are you honoring the franchise by essentially ripping off the franchise that you are existing in? It's it's so tough to say. That's kind of how I, like me personally. I wish there was more that was new in this. I think there are some decisions made in the movie where they were kind of like, no, see, like this movie like has consequences to like things that you really like, but so much of it is a rehash. And there is like a moment in the movie too, where one character is basically like, you know, the previous movies were so crappy. Like we're bringing this back to the roots. Like, so they're basically just like, again, it is that on the nose with them basically being like, we're just going to do the same thing again. But uh, I just don't, I don't think it worked for me. I think some people are going to really like that. I think if you're really into scream movies and you've watched all these and three and four were really underwhelming, I think you're going to enjoy this. But I think when you go and watch it and you're not the biggest fan, you just realize like, I'm just rewatching the first one, but not as good. It is kind of a letdown. Now I will say this, yeah. like, cause I think that is the biggest thing for me is just how, much there is like a lack of imagine you know imagination in this and creativity i will say like i left the theater and i was talking to one of my friends and uh i was just like the new scream is ridiculous and they were like oh no is it bad because i really wanted to see it and i was like no i was like it's not it's not bad like i, I it was an entertaining movie i was like but I, I was like the premise of the movie allows them to just repeat the the first like I would have been better off watching the first one and they like laughed at it, but I, I didn't feel like I wasted my time watching this. Like I did with like pet cemetery or some of those other like schlocky reboots that happened. Like, I think this is at a bare minimum, uh, passable. <laughs> yeah. I will say this also, like nothing is like really egregious about it. Other than the fact that I just don't, that they just, you know, <laughs> took the 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 old script and then wiped their butt with it. <laughs> that's kind of the thing and that I think that's why we address that first that it is kind of a cop out the way that they approached that because they were like oh well you like the first scream well, we're basically remaking the first scream and you like that so inevitably you will like this and it's like yes this is fun and it's fun for the same reasons why we like the first scream and there is a lot of like, there's even characters who have, like, frosted tips, which you haven't seen since. Like, there are decisions <laughs> yeah. where they very clearly were hamming it up and intentionally made characters kind of feel like, they, like they're not modern. Like, intentionally, they didn't feel like they were from 2021 or 2022. They felt like they were taken out of a 90s movie. You can tell that's on purpose. That's And that's all well and good. I'm cool with that. You know, it's fun. And uh, I think that's why it it can get away with certain things. 
uh, I just didn't like the cheap nature of them using that as kind of like a wall to hide behind and like, well, we don't have to make it good. We just have to make it fun, which has its place. And I agree with you. Like when I left the theater, I was like, that was really fun. If I want to talk about a couple positives, like those, some of those like early kills and stuff like that, I was just like, this is sick. Like, this is cool. I'm, uh, I can get behind this, you know? Like, give me, give me gore. Give me violence. Like, uh, I don't think they shied away from it. It didn't feel like they were like pulling any punches when it came to that. And I think that's important for a movie like this. Like these movies are completely hinged on the violence and the camp of it all. So that being said, I think they did a good job mirroring that first one and having a balance of like humor, albeit, not hilarious but definitely having humor in it but also being gory yeah the for me there's some good kills because it got to a point for me at some you know maybe halfway through the movie where i was like okay i i understand what the rest of this movie is gonna be so i was just kind of like give me some give me some cool kills like which i feel like a lot of like subpar horror movies that's like something that I just go into it eventually. I'm just like, all right, just give me some gory, really outrageous kills that are going to make me like, be like, Oh damn. And there, there are some, there's actually one shot that I wasn't sure if they did it practically or if they just did it with CGI, but a knife like goes in and <laughs> in someone's face and outside the other oh, side. Yeah. But then they I, like, I thought that looked so through. good. Yeah. It looked really good. And, um, I think it was, so was practical. Just, it looked like practical effects, like latex and stuff. Yeah. Like very which I, old school. I appreciated. And um, so like stuff like that, I was into the one thing I will say with like the scream just kills in general. I feel like a lot of them kind of just boil down to like the ghost face killer getting on top of them and just stabbing them in like an outrageous amount of times. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and so like, I do think maybe they lose a little bit of creativity but I think they knew that, like, hey, that's what the killer does. So let's see, you know, if we can find some ways to do some different stuff here. So, like, there's the one kill that I mentioned that I thought was really cool. There's one in a hospital uh, that was just a bloodbath that I really liked. Yeah. So I, I feel like some kind of, like, are a little bit similar to each other. But then there's others, you know, it's, like, that are very effective. And they're not... um they're not losing sight of what the the franchise has always been. So I like that because I I did feel going into, I'm like, I'm not sure how crazy the kills are going to get or how cool they're going to be. Cause I feel like screams always kind of been the same and yeah. it's not like they went like the saw route and just made it like the most insane elaborate type of thing that could have happened. It was like, no guy's got a knife, but he's just slicing you up in different cool ways. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't jump the shark. They didn't try to make it like now he's going to use like a saw blade attached to a fucking uh, like a windmill that <laughs> flies through the air, like which they actually address as a trope in horror movies, like within the movie, uh, like a one character is like studying up and watching like the past stab movies. And there's so much like meta shit about like, oh my God, these franchises and the way that they do this. And then they come back and it's a cash grab and blah, blah, blah. And like, mm, 
we'll talk more about that when we get to spoil things because it plays heavy into the motivation and and the ending. So when we get into spoilers, we'll talk about that and my feelings on that. But um, yeah, when it comes to them, uh, the the kills and and them being uh, not really scaled back, but just being like on par with the rest of the franchise. I do, I do appreciate that. They didn't try to uh, be like, Oh my God, we got to go bigger and go crazy and this and that. Like they, they kept true to like the root of like what the movies are and what the, what the ghost face, you know, how, how it operates and like kind of the rules of the movie. And they, Mm -hmm. they stuck to that. So I do think that this movie was made by fans. This does feel like, the people who worked on this movie really did love the scream franchise. Like this doesn't feel like they made it necessarily as a, um, as a cash grab. And, uh, you know, it's weird too. Cause we just talked about, uh, matrix and I think I gave you a heads up. I was just like, Oh my God, do you think this is on the nose and meta and, you know, looking down the barrel of the camera and winking at you? It's like, just get ready for when we watch scream. And I watched these like, days apart so like back to back yeah. i watch these two like really like head up your own ass meta fucking like we think we're so smart and we can address the audience and we can address the elephant of the room of like here we are doing a reboot or doing a sequel of an old franchise doop 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 and <laughs> i i just don't i don't like that i don't like that at all just like okay we all know what it is. Like, I don't understand this thing where like, we have to address it. Like we have to address the fact that we're making another one and we're doing this and that. And like, there's even a scene where they talk about like movie franchises, uh, taking the number off. And it's like, how are they making a new one of this? And they're using the same name as the original. Isn't that shitty? Wink, wink. We're doing that here. Like, (laughs) just if you're going to do it, like you don't need to defend your decision to do it by, making a joke about it in your movie, like just stick to your guns, just do it. Shut up. Like nobody cares. Like, I think there's a lot of like fake outrage injected by filmmakers into their own films. And it's almost like, um, I don't know. It just seems weird to me. It's almost like, uh, it's like, Oh yeah. I bet you think I'm a real idiot, huh? Yeah. You like that? You think I'm a big dummy? Yeah, because I did this, and it's like, whoa, 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 nobody said that. Like, relax, like, shut up. Yeah. the I will say, I didn't even say this so much on the Matrix review, but especially after, like, there was some stuff that I thought about after the fact. That, that movie felt extremely cynical. Like, I kind of wish that I had said that when we talked about the Matrix a little bit more, but, like, so much of the Matrix, even lines that they're just like, these fucking idiots, they don't want to watch the matrix, you know, for like the, the, the heady story. They just want to see Kung Fu. Like these idiots, like I felt like, uh, yeah. the Wachowski, like Lana Wachowski was actively like making fun of me for paying money to go see the movie. I was just like, what, what are you, what are you doing? Um, yeah, it felt like but- angry at the fans. It's like, shut up. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for people loving your movie. Yeah. And, uh, I don't think that this movie felt cynical, but yeah, it does feel like I think there was just a decision early on where they're like, we want to just basically just make it bring the, bring the story back to its roots, do 
something that is really going to make the fans um, happy. But if anyone wants to call us on our bullshit, we're going to pepper in just a lot of really tongue-in-cheek, on-the-nose jokes about what we're doing. Because it's like, dude, the whole thing in the beginning where they just start name-dropping elevated horror films and directors yeah. i got i got real that was really cringy for me and made me really upset you know it was like uh weird about that too because for me i was like oh dope like the witch hereditary like i love those movies even the babadook i'm not actually the biggest fan of i i know people love it it's never i fucking hate the kid in that movie but yeah. but uh i'm not big into that movie and i fucking hate that director <laughs> oh wait yeah yeah um because didn't they do that one movie yeah yeah so uh yeah i don't know i was i was wondering this about it because they were you know the movie starts up it's really meta which i think we're we're hitting hitting the meta thing like to death right now but but um, so were they so what else can we talk about yeah for real but i will say that, like do you think that they were almost being like our movie is actually elevated because we are so meta and referencing all these other like movies and stuff. It almost made me feel like they were kind of like being like, you know, those movies are elevated, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but like, look at our movie. <laughs> we're, we're, I don't we're know. Not that, we're not, we're not normal schlock. Like look how self-aware we are. We know like what makes a good horror movie. I think it was a double whammy. It was a little bit of that. I think it was addressing the fact that it's like, we know what we are. So we're not, we're a little bit above the general schlock, but at the same time, like that's what we're aiming for. Like, I think it's both stating. It's just like people, people don't watch the stab movies because it's elevated. People forget that these movies are about the kills and um, I think it's one setting up the audience to be like, be like, you know, we don't, we don't need all of this extra. Like it's about the kills and uh, that's what we're going to give you. But I think it's also trying to uh, pad its fall a little bit. Like I said, where yeah. they're, where they're just like, well, if people say it's bad, we can say it's on purpose. So we've <laughs> essentially made ourselves bulletproof. They're, their writing process is essentially I'm rubber and you're glue. Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's like you can say whatever you want about this movie because if you liked it, then it's like, yeah, isn't it fun? And if you say you don't like it and be like, yeah, didn't we make a bad movie? Isn't that funny? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like, it just, I don't know. There's something about that. In general, this entire conversation, I think a lot of it was just we're going to appease the fans, but if people don't like it, we're going to make it obvious that it was intentional so they can't beat the shit out of us <laughs> that's yeah i think that's all it comes down to but like yeah th this isn't really so much about the movie this is more just like a movie in general conversation but i have realized that i hate the term elevated horror and i use it because it's i feel like when you say elevated horror like it's become a movie term and people know what you're talking about but i also yeah. feel like saying elevated horror implies that generally horror is not supposed to be good or thought provoking. <laughs> right. And, Which and I feel like to be the case. Yeah. And I, I feel like, I feel like it just damages the genre a little bit because it, you know, I just, the, 
implication that it's like horror movies generally are crappy. And I feel like, I feel like in general, like we've had so many really good movies. Like, you know, we mentioned hereditary already, but that was one that came to mind where that movie was fucking amazing. And Tony Collette acted the shit out of it. And she was one of the best performances that year. And she was not nominated because it was a horror movie. And I feel like the term elevated horror almost perpetuates the idea that a horror movie can't be good. So that, like I said, that's not a conversation about Scream. It's just they used it early on in the movie, and I was just like, I fucking hate when people say that. <laughs> it's really annoying. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, one thing before, so we'll go into spoilers, uh, but something that's not spoilery, uh, like one of the scenes, the early scenes in the high school when they're like doing an overhead shot and swooping down, and the kids are all sitting outside around like a picnic table or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the song that was playing was Alkaline Trio, so uh, A+. plus. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing this mobile game called Beat Star, and it's basically Guitar Hero on your phone. And it's, I've, it's actually really good. I've been really addicted to it. But um, they release new songs like every week that you can unlock by playing, and one that they put out like a couple of weeks ago was an Alkaline Trio song. They put out um, Time to Waste. Oh, nice. Yeah, I thought about you. It was just like, oh, nice. Yeah, well, but, as soon um, as that played, that was also another thing that was very 90s. Like, wow, they're playing, like, pop-punk songs in a movie and stuff. Like, they did a lot of things to really hammer home that feeling that this is a movie from the 90s. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think they did a good job translating that and making that obvious. Um, but then they, like, really beat it over the head as it continues. But why don't we, um, why don't we open the door on spoilers? Because I think that'll allow us to talk about uh, some other things more yeah. openly, obviously. Yeah. This isn't really a spoiler. You just jogged my memory. And I feel like we should just say this in this, in the review. Um, this is the first screen movie that Wes Craven didn't direct or, you know, he wasn't a part of it cause he's, you know, since passed. Yeah. And there are stuff in this movie that, you know, are meant to pay tribute to him. There's a character named Wes. I feel like, you know, as far as the music, it's trying to capture that time period. And when you think about it, like Wes Craven in like the late 80s, mid 90s was like the best at this genre. Like, oh, yeah. You know, you know, like between Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street and um, what was the other one that he did? That was uh, I'm trying to remember. There was one other one that was really big during my childhood that I remember everyone was talking about. But like mainly mainly those oh, the Hills Have Eyes was like like in the seventies. Mm. That was a long time ago. But I mean yeah, there's just he was on fire with so many like great like slasher film suspense movies. I remember seeing Red Eye in theaters like as a kid. Oh yeah. Um I forgot like, that's him. Last house on the left. Yeah. But like was Last in the House on the Left his? I can't remember. I believe but it, so. Uh, he might not have directed it. He might have worked on No, he directed that. Last House on the Did Left. He, that okay. was 70, 72. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he's, a hor- he's a horror icon. Yeah, and uh, that is something that I actually, like, I felt like kind of the time period that they were going for. Not only is that... Because I think the time period that they were going for is very inconsistent because the kids have cell phones, but it's very like 90s based. So I feel like almost it was trying to like encapsulate like 
the time period that Wes Craven was just like killing the game. And, mm-hmm. and so, and like, like I said, there's a character named Wes. The movie ends with it just saying for Wes, like I thought all that was, was really well done. I liked all that stuff. Um, and I just wanted to say that cause we, I don't think we've even like ever like mentioned Wes Craven on the show and like how freaking amazing he was. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's get into some spoilers because there's some there's some cra- crazy shit that happens later on in the movie that I was actually laughing at in the theater. It was just so crazy. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, once once you get to the finale and the kills just start coming left and right, and there's so many so many silly things that happen. Uh, but <laughs> but that was the thing that. As I'm watching it, I enjoyed a lot of this movie. Like, we talked so much about the heavy-handedness of whatever whatever they thought their message was or however they wanted to pay tribute um, to that time period, to the original movie, all of that stuff and how we felt about that. But as we're, like, in the theater, the theater experience, I was, like, having a very good time. And I think they did a good job pacing out the kills. I think they did a good job kind of fucking with the audience and poking the audience. There's scenes where, like, um, that character Wes is alone in the house and he's constantly, like, opening doors and then the music ramps up like there's going to be somebody there and there never is. And it does it, like, six times in a row where it's like, oh, here he is, here he is. Oh, no, he's not. Oh, here it is. No, it's not. And, like, (laughs) very telegraphed, but still I was just like, Okay, I, like I see what you're doing, um, but there were some like funny moments in it. Um, but yeah, at the end, when these kids just start making terrible decisions left and right, and um, there's just like some some kills and some uh, some shocking moments, especially when uh, well, we're in the spoiler zone, right? We're we're in the spoiler zone. Go for it. When. Are so if you've seen the first scream, you realize there's two killers. It's um Ski what's his name? I can't remember the actor's name. I just remember his name is Skeet. And uh <laughs> I just think that's awesome. Shit, what's I know his name too. You talking about the actor or the character? The actor. Um Skeet Ulrich? Yeah, that's what it is. Um <laughs> His, I just love that his skeet, but what's his character? His character is Billy Loomis, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is that in and of itself is a reference to Halloween. I'm pretty sure, right? Is it? I don't know. I'm pretty sure Loomis is the name of the doctor in Halloween. Oh, okay. Well, I know. Yeah, the Scream movie is very referential to a lot of different mm-hmm. movies, and it, you know, it. Definitely is playing off of some of the Halloween uh, feelings of, you know, the killer wears a Halloween mask and uses a knife and everything like, you know, the ghost face. Um, That was kind of a lot of that first screen movie is homage to John Carpenter's, you know, Halloween from whatever it was, 1979. Um, But there's two killers. It's it's Billy Loomis and Stu Mocker who's Matthew Lillard. So mm-hmm. that's like a big swerve. So in this movie, there's also two killers. And when the first killer is revealed, uh, first of all, I think that was very telegraphed. I, I suspected that like 
very early on when meeting her character, I was just like, yeah. I was like, oh, it's it's definitely the the more like goth girl, <laughs> like the more al- alternative like uh, girl uh, who plays her friend. That was um, you know. I can't remember if I even said this at the beginning. I think I did when we were talking about like our relationship with the movie, but I've always liked that the screen movie screen movies, but mainly the first one, they are kind of almost a whodunit on top of being a horror film. And right. so like, that is just something fun. Cause if you look at those other movies, like Friday the 13th and all that stuff, you know who the killer is. This at least has the fun of trying to guess who it is. I will say with this movie, and I think it became pretty obvious early on that there was going to be two killers just because they were just redoing the first one. So I expected that they really telegraph that the, the goth girl is going to be one of them. I think like right away in the, in the beginning of the movie, you even see her motivation. Um, I will, at least yeah. they give you a motivation. That's not actually the real reason. The real reason is actually pretty stupid, but, uh, Oh yeah, it's really they, stupid. <laughs> they but they they do show like they make her out to be very controlling over the 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 girl who gets maimed in the beginning and uh so it's like i suspect you already and then they drop a line like and again it's supposed to be tongue in cheek but it, it was also just like way like they accused the boyfriend like pretty early on like well where were you he's like i was here watching netflix like that's not a good alibi and then like a scene or two later like yeah, we should really watch out for the boyfriend. He's always the killer in one of these movies. And it's like, you're taking the fun out of this for me. <laughs> like, what, yeah. are you, what are you doing? <laughs> so, and yeah. I think they try to swerve you by like showing different characters being attacked by the ghost face. But I think if you know the first one and you're you're going into it being like, yeah, they're probably going to just do two killers again. Uh, you can You can see what they're doing. Like, he had every opportunity to kill the boyfriend. And he didn't because they ran on it. Just, you know what it I mean? Was, like, yeah, it was so self-referential that I almost suspected like we're gonna get to the end and every single one of them is the killer and they're not in cahoots with each other. So that's why there's so much confusion. Like they're all the killer. I've <laughs> yeah. been so pissed off if that's what it was. They all enter the room wearing their own ghost face things and they all point at each other and go, "Ah, you son <laughs> of a bitch! Oh, we were all the killer." Well, let's go to Denny's. <laughs> and then they're all at a Denny's, all in the Ghostface Killer <laughs> costume. Yeah. And then Ghostface all- Killer from Wu-Tang Clan shows up. It's like, what yeah. the fuck is all these murders going on in here? <laughs> I gotta get out of this town. <laughs> and it just fades to black and says, for, for Wes. <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um... Yeah, a lot of that was telegraphed. I wasn't surprised. But what was fun was when the friend, the girl, reveals. She's like, yeah, I'm the killer. And just, like, blows a girl's face off, like, point blank range with a pistol. I was like, yes! The kills <laughs> got crazy at, from here. Um, can I, I will <laughs> say, well, I will say, doesn't that, that happens in that kitchen in the first one? I think so. That was just something for me again where i was just like it happened and i was like damn that was crazy but then i was also like it's also crazy that you redid it exactly how it is in the first one like the something else that is redone almost to a t is when there's the opening sequence when the killer calls the girl 
and they have a conversation. They play a game on the phone about horror right. movie trivia. Like, even in the original, the girl, when she's on the phone, like, for no reasons, before she even suspects that a psycho is talking to her, she, like, is pulling, like, a butcher knife out of, like, the knife rack or the yeah. knife block or whatever, and just, like, playing with They do the exact same thing here. So, like, like I was saying earlier, there is, like, beat-for-beat reshoots of scenes in almost the exact same locations. So, right. like, yeah. Yes, that kill with the gun was crazy, but also for me, it like it kind of took away because I get like a lot of my enjoyment in this movie is it's it is entertaining, but also I kept getting constantly taken out of it just by how on the nose everything, like how unoriginal it was in some ways. But yes, oh, I yeah. do agree that the, the gun kill was like, damn that that's crazy, <laughs> and and then there's the thing after that that I lost my mind at. Well, the um, I want to know what that is, but the uh, I followed this page called Letterboxed Out of Context. You know, Letterboxed, where people can write reviews and stuff and make, mm-hmm. they kind of make lists, and you can, like, title a list whatever you want. So this page always posts, like, ridiculous ones that they find on there, and people make joke lists, like they're just memeing, you know? Mm-hmm. Somebody, somebody made a list. Uh, the title of their movie list, it's... <laughs> It's movies where Mikey Madison is lit on fire, then screams and waves her arms before subsequently dying, all after a failed <laughs> attempt. <laughs> Wait, it gets better. All after a failed attempt to kill rich white people in a suburban home. I and love then it, that. And then it just lists scream and once upon a time in Hollywood. Because <laughs> those... Yeah. It literally so, is the end of both of those movies is her trying to kill a white person in a suburban home and then the, ends up catching on fire. The the thing that I was going to say that I lost my mind at was that she got lit on fire again. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, what I was going to what I was going to say, because that scene, when it plays out, they keep putting her in front of the oven and they even show, yeah. I think, a shot of like the burner before. Yes. And and it went through my mind. I was like, I was like, are they gonna light this girl on fire again? Like, is is that gonna happen? And then it also jogged my memory. I was like, they did mention hereditary in this movie, and in that movie, someone bursts into flames. I was like, so maybe they're going to. And yeah. and then it happened, and I laughed. Then I realized that I think they just use CGI for that effect, and I was kind of bummed about it because yeah. I, they should have Lighting really set people. her on fire. Well, this is going to sound psychotic, but <laughs> lighting some lighting someone on fire for a stunt's not that difficult. Like, I mean, yes, it is dangerous, but if you just get a stunt double, it's you can do it. I actually yeah, they're not real. Recently. They're not real people, anyways. Exactly. No, <laughs> but I, I was going to say I watched a, a thing recently, and um, it was the guys from Corridor Crew got in some stunt doubles and taught them how to, they're like, yeah, this is how we light ourselves on fire for the movies safely. And then they're like, Hey, do one of you guys who have never done this before want to be lit on fire? And they, and they lit one of the guys from corridor on fire and he ran like maybe like 50 feet and then they put him out. So like, Hmm. so like this, uh, this sequence, I was like, it was ramping up. I was like, are they going to do this? And then I was like, Oh my God, they did it. And then I was like, I think that was fake. Why'd you do that? Because <laughs> I didn't think it looked great afterwards. And then it comes back where she gets back up again, and then I lost my mind again because, right. <laughs> because it was ridiculous. But yeah, no, I thought I 
it's so funny that you mentioned that because that was the thing that like killed me at the end of the movie in in a good way. I was uh I was really entertained by by that entire sequence. Yeah. Yeah, and um I mean there's definitely some movie logic happening when it comes to like Courtney Cox gets like shot in the stomach and uh <laughs> at the end of the movie when everything's all said and done, she's not only still alive but just like her and um oh, Nev shit. Campbell. Nev Campbell, who also was like stabbed in the belly. These two women were shot and stabbed and you know they're older now and um there's all this like, you know, ambulances and police and everything. And they're just like chilling, sitting on the sidewalk with a blanket around them. It's like, Oh, you were shot. Here's a blanket. You must be cold. (laughs) (laughs) Like they're not being brought to the hospital. This lady, Courtney Cox is like, her character is like on TV. She shot in this place where like there were these horrible murders and everything. And nobody's like, we got to get you out of here. They're just like, just sit here with a blanket. You'll be fine. (laughs) like it's crazy and the lead girls the same thing and then like (laughs) and then they're loading her sister into the ambulance and this girl has been stabbed a number of times now and (laughs) yeah (laughs) she both her sister her younger sister when the sister survived the opening scene after being stabbed like nine times in the chest stomach and slashed across the face i was like yeah, okay a compound fracture to like the leg too like- yeah i was like okay <laughs> i get it no one no like there's just they decide who they want to live and die like other people die from like getting stabbed like twice and then this this little girl who's like 50 pounds soaking wet <laughs> Also, her and her sister must have the strongest legs in the world because they kick over the killer like five times and they're like like they're struggling having already been stabbed. They're on the ground. Ghostface has the high ground, comes down with the knife and instead they just like ah, and kick out <laughs> their little skinny legs and the the killer goes flying back like knocking over tables and chairs like what the fuck and like yeah (laughs) and it's like what is the strength level like who gave these two little girls the super soldier serum (laughs) the uh, ghost face killers biggest weakness is legs yeah for real like these girls do not (laughs) skip leg day like we were like laughing like what like how how are they knocking this person over Yet, like, David Arquette is, like, struggling to hold his hand back. But, like, a little girl can, like, just, like, gently kick her leg from the ground upward. And they go flying over tables and stuff. You know what I love with movie logic in this also? The movie starts off with that scene where the little, like, you know, the younger sister gets stabbed. I think they say she gets stabbed seven times. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of times in, like, the back. A couple of times in the chest. Right through the hand. She breaks her, like, leg really bad. Like... When that scene happened, I was like, oh, okay, well, there's your opening kill. And they're like, she survived. I was like, how'd she survive? And then the next kill, they just set up the like, they're like, hey, yeah, there's this weird creeper douchebag. And they just show him and he's pissing on a wall. And then the ghost face killer just walks up to him and it's just one motion. He just goes, he just shakes him in the neck and walks away and he dies. (laughs) And I was like, what? That character too is so ridiculous. He's peeing on the wall, talking to himself the way nobody would. Yeah, and I then know. there's a car, like his car's like revving up, like somebody's got his car and he's in the headlights 
up against a wall. And instead of being like, maybe I should get out of the way of this. He's like, I'm going to walk towards it and let them run me over. (laughs) And sure enough, he gets stabbed. Yeah. There's two last things I want to talk about. One is just a line that made me laugh really hard. And the other one is really just the motivation behind the, the, the killers. And then we can get into our grades unless there's something else you want to hit on. But one thing that, one thing that made me laugh really hard and I had to write it down because I just thought it was so ridiculous is again, I don't know if this was trying to pay tribute to how much, how highly they think of the original or if they were making fun of who think this highly of the original, but there's a line in the movie where a character is like, some people think the original movie is the greatest thing on earth. (laughs) I was like, Whoa, (laughs) that's intense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Going for it. Yeah. I was like, nobody thinks that not even Wes Craven. (laughs) Yeah. For real. Who is like my rider dies. The ghost face killer. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe some people, I don't know. Maybe it has a following. It definitely has a following. Yeah. (laughs) Greatest thing on earth. That was, that's the actual line is some people think the original movie is the greatest thing on earth. Oh my God. That, that whole conversation when the girl is going through and talking about like all, all each characters like, Oh, this could be your motivation. Like we all have a motive to do this and blah, blah, blah. And we're all a target. And any one of us can be the killer and just being super on the nose about like, Oh, the franchise. And like, sometimes they do a reboot or they do this and that. And like going into like the meta conversation about reboots or revisiting sequels. And you have to bring back legacy characters and the new characters who are connected to the past and this and that. And I was just like, oh, my God, we fucking get it. And there was one point where I had to go to the bathroom during the movie. And I and I told Meg, I was like, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. Like, just fill me in on whatever I missed when I get back. I literally walked back during an exposition dump. And I sat down and I'm like, never mind. They caught me up. <laughs> I'm like, you don't got to tell me anything because they just did. They just went. So you're saying that this just happened and now we have to do this. And I'm like, Oh cool. I guess, uh, I guess I know where we're at now. <laughs> when did you go to the bathroom? Cause I actually went to the bathroom <laughs> for a hot second. I went to the bathroom when like right before Nev Campbell showed or just right after Nev Campbell showed up at the hospital and Courtney Cox was just like, you shouldn't be here. And she's like, you shouldn't be here either. And blah, blah, blah. And they're talking or whatever. And when I came back, the girl, our lead girl was just like, you can't use me as bait for the killer and blah, blah, blah. And they were just like, well, that's what we wanted to do. They're like, she's like, I got to get out of here and protect my sister. Yeah. And then she's like, I put a tracker on her car. (laughs) Yeah. Where did you get a tracker? (laughs) Who are you? What do you do? Like what? (laughs) Yeah. One of of them's a news anchor and like, good thing you brought the trackers. (laughs) Yeah, exactly please but uh <laughs> let's just it, it's funny though because i think when i went it was around the same time also and it didn't matter i i went right after the hospital scene which i think happens in between those two yeah um but anyway let's just get into the motivation because i thought it was hilarious and then we'll do do our review do you want do you want to just take this because it's cray <laughs> oh man i mean I mean, we can both we can both go into it. It it is ridiculous. the The motivation is essentially like toxic fandom. 
it's the fans deserve a good movie. And the last one you made was bad. And I'm talking about stab in the move within the movie. The context is we're huge fans of stab. We met, <laughs> we met on Reddit basically in mm-hmm. a, in a stab fan group. And we were just like, damn, we should really like make it better. And the best way to do that is when it's based on real life and we got to bring them back to the roots. And that's why we're going back to the house that it happened in and blah, blah, blah. And there's even an on the nose line where Nev Campbell's coming up the stairs and she's just like, I got to say out of like all the killers, you're definitely the most derivative. They're like, by God, like my God, like you actually used the same house from the first, the first one. Yeah. And again, it's one of those moments where it feels like they're like winking at the audience being like, they're like, Oh my God, can you believe how like derivative we're being? Like, isn't that crazy? Like they're trying to get ahead of their own criticism. Like, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? That's why I just, I just hated that, that aspect of this movie. It's one thing to pay homage, but it's another thing. Like if you're going to do it, just commit to doing it. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't be like, <laughs> you can't be like, I think it's a good idea that we revisit it and have it in the house from the original, but we should also address it and kind of say that it's stupid, even though we're the ones who are doing it and nobody asked us to do this. You know, part killed me is they're like, they're like, why are you doing this? And he's like, because it was the best thing for the movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I was just like, what? What did you just say? <laughs> yeah, it's. <sighs> so, yeah, so our main girl's boyfriend is actually dating the 16 year old. Or however old she's supposed to be. That was another creepy aspect. I'm like, ew, this guy's like 30. And even if she is like, okay, they're in high school. Maybe they're about to graduate. Maybe she's 18. But they've been planning this for how long? Like, this guy's a fucking groomer. (laughs) Which, I mean, I guess if he's a villain, it's like, you're not supposed to like him anyway. So he can be despicable. But I was just like, ew. Well, also... They just, they just ignore, they gloss over a lot of the age thing. Like I think they're supposed to be in high school, but there's like a scene where they're in a bar and then they get kicked <laughs> yeah. out of the bar, not because they're minors drinking alcohol. It's be- because like they got into an altercation with someone they're like, yeah, you guys get out too. And I was just like, they shouldn't have been there to begin with. <laughs> oh my God. I said, I said to Meg, I couldn't tell how old the main girl was. Cause I'm just like. Because we were talking about that whole thing of just like, ew, like he shouldn't have been like in a relationship with that high school girl. I'm like, well, to be fair, the high school kids who are supposed to be like 16 are all played by people in their mid to late 20s. And then the people who are supposed to be in their mid to late 20s are played by people who are in their mid to late 20s. So like everybody just looks the same age. Like there is no... (laughs) (laughs) There's no gap in age. The high schoolers look just as old as people who have like graduated 10 years prior because they're all the same age. The only people who are not the same age are the people from the original movies. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it's bananas all over the place. That's why they need Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. He's going to be 15 forever. Could do Timothy Chalamet and Anya Taylor-Joy could probably pass as a high schooler. Thomas and McKenzie could. Yeah, Thomas and Mackenzie, good. Yeah, Anya anyway. Taylor Joy, maybe. <laughs> or, yeah, who knows? But uh, <laughs> but yeah, t- 
talk about motivation. That's the thing is like trying to be too meta. It's like every aspect of the movie was about making a movie and doing it. And then again, it's just like, we didn't ask you to make a new screen movie. You chose to, you wanted to, or the studio wanted to, or the filmmakers had an idea and they, this was the idea. Don't make a narrative surrounding toxic fandom and fans being like, it needs to be this and blah, blah, blah. You need to appease us. Cause we're the ones who made it what it is because it's our thing because we're the ones who like grew up with it and blah, blah, blah. And even though you made it, like we're still the ones who gave it life and type of thing. Don't target them and act like they're the problem when you're the people who decided to make this thing. Nobody made you do it. You came in, made this movie, and now you're taking shots at the people who want a good movie from you. Like nobody asked you to make the bad ones either. Like, yeah, just, just take your lumps. If you, if you took a shot and you missed just, okay, course correct, or don't revisit it. And if you are going to revisit it, don't be mad at a fan base that I don't even see coming at you. Like basically they're like on the defensive from the jump and like nobody's, nobody's coming for you, bro. Like chill out. Just if you want to make a movie, make a movie. If you have an interesting idea, go for it, but don't be sitting here being like, Oh, these, the way these fans are, blah, blah, blah. And like bitching and moaning about the fandom when you are clearly trying to make a movie catering to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. That like, like I said earlier, I think, I think this one definitely like plays both sides of the fence. Because it, it bitches about them, but also it's trying to do right by them to some degree. Whereas The Matrix, like, I just think in general, doing these two movies back to back has been really strange because both of them just felt like they were made by people who were really pissed off that they made the movie. And and they weren't movies that were, like you're saying, were made because they were in demand. Like, I, I don't know a single person that was like, finally, they're making the fourth Matrix movie. It's like, nobody was asking for it. Um, yeah. and same thing with scream. Like, I don't can't even remember the last time I had a conversation with someone about scream before the trailer for this came out. So I don't know, like just, just very weird. If you know what, if there, if, you know, if this was like a, not like it would have worked or anything, but let's just say like, for whatever reason, they're like, we're making like another Harry Potter, like move, like we're rebooting Harry Potter or something like that. Like Warner, it would make sense. Cause it is Warner brothers. They'd be like, we got to do that. I could see people within that being like, like the fans need to like just be happy with what you have type thing. Cause that is something where people will want more and more when it doesn't need to happen. But nobody needs more screen movies. <laughs> nobody, it's nobody needs more screen. Yeah. Nobody needs more matrix. It's the same way I feel about Chucky. Like Chucky keeps going on. I'm like, who's making that happen? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the driving force? Like yeah. Money is the answer. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, man. Do you have anything else left on, on Screech? Hmm. I don't. Uh, let's just get to the tomato tomatoes for Shriek. Shriek 2022. <laughs> the critics, they're bringing this in at a 78%. So tomato 78 C plus. Wow. The audience tomato. 
They're bringing it in at an 83. So you got like a C plus to a B minus. Close to a B. Interesting. C, C plus to a B minus or a B? You, you, it, it, it could swing. It's, a, it's, you know, it's right in the middle. Right in the middle between the two. Oh. Well. 83%. Yeah, well, I don't know why I even bothered asking because mine is clearly closer to one than the other. It's not even in the middle, but uh, just for my own clarity. So I'm going to say tomato, mm-hmm. going with the critics, and uh, I gave it a C. Nice. I went tomato. I went with the critics. I also gave it a C. <laughs> so there you wow. go. Wow. And this is yeah. our first review of 2022. This is not a Correct, 2021 yeah. movie. Yeah, we didn't even mention that, but yeah. Starting off on the same page. Yeah, which is interesting because there's still a lot of 2021 movies I'm catching up on, and there's going to be reviews for 2021 movies once we have the Oscar nominations. We're going to go, because we'll do an Oscar cram. We're going to have to watch all the movies for that, so we'll do like some episodes on that. So it is a little bit disjointed. We're going to do a 2022 movie before finishing the 2021 season of our show, basically. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but we've right done now, we've done in the past though, yeah. But spoiler for uh, for next year's duties, not the next one coming up, but the one for twenty twenty two. Right now is number one on my list for the year because <laughs> it's the only it's, one I've seen for the year. I'm gonna say yeah, same, same for me. Whoa, um, spoiler! <laughs> I feel like most of this review, I was shitting on it, and if people are like, "Why'd you give it a C?" If you pretty much only talk crap about the movie. And I think the main thing is just, like I said earlier, I had fun watching it. I think the kills are entertaining. I don't think the acting is is bad like you would get with some, like, really shit horror movies. I think the story actually makes sense. Like, there is a a cohesive through line for it. Nothing about the movie is egregiously bad other than the fact that it's insanely unoriginal. I think maybe maybe 20 minutes into the movie, you've had enough of the meta shit, and then you got to sit through it for another hour and a half. (laughs) But, yeah. By no, by no means is it a bad movie. And I think if you're someone who wants to go to the movies and just see a, a fun horror movie, you'll probably enjoy it. But I think they could have done better, um, especially the people who made it, because I think they are very talented. I think they probably could have made something more original than this. And this is what we got. But by no means is this like garbage. Like I, d- I didn't leave the theater angry. I just left the theater being like, that's something I watched today. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I had fun. Like, I left the theater feeling up. I wasn't just, like, ugh about the whole thing. I was, like, nice. Like, that was a good time. I don't know if I would necessarily need to see it again. Like, mm-hmm. it, it it didn't really stick out to me. But I didn't, I wasn't, like, upset for seeing it. I was happy to see it in the theaters. And, um, yeah, overall, I think it was just, it was a fun, violent romp. Like, I was, <laughs> I was cool with it. So, I'm going to... I'm in a pretty good mood, pretty good mood about it. And I'm happy that we got to talk about it now. And, uh, you know, I just love, love going to the movies and not hating myself when I leave the theater, which is easier said <laughs> than done sometimes, especially yeah. when you're going to see a horror movie. Unless it's, of course, an elevated horror movie. Ooh. <laughs> elevated horror. Ooh. <laughs> I will say I'm going to try, try is the, is the word, because you know that my work is, is bullshit right now, but 
I, I do have the weekend off and I'm going to try to go see a couple movies this weekend. And I have seen a lot of what I want to see at this point. Um, like I went and saw licorice pizza and this, but I am going to just go out and try and see the King's man, which I haven't heard good things about. So that might be one where I leave the theater hating everything. But, uh, hmm. yeah. Oh, I also want to, I was watching well, something on Amazon, uh, a movie from earlier this year with Adam driver called Annette. Oh yeah. That's one where I'm watching it and I'm like, Oh yeah. I forgot he went to Juilliard. Because that movie is so pretentious and annoying <laughs> and fucking weird and absurd. But, and I like those things. I like that, those when they're done right in a movie. But this just seemed like for no purpose. And yeah. it's also not only a musical, but it's like an opera. And um, oh, okay. it is hard to get through, it is really hard to get through. I'm surprised he would do something that's music centric considering he said that like the one scene he had to sing in marriage story was like the worst experience ever. He only sings a little bit in the movie for the most part. Cause he plays a comedian who tells no jokes and the audience laughs at every other word, even when he's not telling jokes. I think that's a device within the movie. Like it's supposed to be like that. Like it's supposed to be some court, some sort of commentary on something i don't know the movie makes no fucking sense <laughs> it is so bafflingly just weird for the sake of weird and i was just so utterly like uninterested and annoyed by it so yeah a plus <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you this though this episode's going a little bit longer than i think we anticipated but i didn't want to ask you this because we never brought this up on the podcast and I had meant to talk to you on the phone about it. Um, we never did an episode this year on the French Dispatch, but what did you think of it? Because uh, I'll just tell you from my perspective, I was pretty disappointed by it, and I know that you have feelings about Wes Anderson. <laughs> I do, and I did not like Isle of Dogs, and I think a lot of people did, and I was just like, man, Wes Anderson just loves the smell of his own farts, doesn't he? <clears throat> and... um you get whiffs of that whiffs of that West fart in um, French dispatch for sure, but it's kind of like an anthology. So they're like different stories being told. And I always like movies like that, like four rooms. If you've ever seen that, um, not Tarantino directing it, but he wrote one of the sections of the movie. And I think he directed one of the scenes in the movie, but that's a cool one. Another one where it's just like telling different stories. And um, you know, I've never seen grand Budapest hotel. I do need to see that. It's like the only Wes Anderson film I haven't seen. Um, That's probably my favorite. Yeah, a lot of people tell me that, and I'm like, fuck, I gotta watch that. Uh, but I liked I liked The French Dispatch. There was a lot that I liked about it. Most of the stories I really enjoyed. Yeah, for me, I don't know. I think there's one out of the three stories that's way stronger than the other ones. And then I, I started losing a lot of interest. Like, you know, Because if you're not into them, they go on really long. Like, in some ways, I wish they were shorter sections and more of them. Um, yeah. Because cause there's one in particular that, like, I just did not care about really at all. And I was like, this is dragon. And I don't know. There are things that are funny. Like, there are some good jokes. But also, in general, I just found it less humorous than something like Grand Budapest. So, I, me and Brianna went and saw it. She actually fell asleep during it. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. And I was just like... 
Yeah. And, you know, I, I actually went to go, like, I waited to see it with her because she really likes Wes Anderson films. And she was like, she's like, don't see that without me. I really want to see it. And I was like, okay. And then she left and she was like, I think that's one of his worst films ever made. And I was like, uh, I could possibly co-sign on that. Like, I don't know. I, w- I was not into it. I found it very, I found it very dry, even by his standards. Yeah. Well, I like dry. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you guys want to keep in touch and stay tuned, uh, you can subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes Movie Reviews. You can go to our website and all that stuff, and uh, leave us reviews and send us messages. We love both of those things a great amount. So, you guys do that. We'll be back very soon with another episode. We have a uh, a throwback episode. We are uh, prepping ourselves for. We're going to revisit, rewatch, take some notes. And uh, yeah, that's going to be special. And then we're just keeping our ears to the ground on these Oscar nominations. But, you know, the boys are going to take care of you one way or another. It's either going to be a movie review or a sloppy BJ. (laughs) But you're getting taken care of. So So I call you a sloppy poppy. Oh, I'm a sloppy poppy, I'm a nasty daddy, and you guys are a bunch of dirty fucking swampies. So, (laughs) on that note, suck it, losers. Ooh. My little pee-pee go boing boing. You hate it when that happens. You hate when the little peepee go boing boing. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there when our peepees go boing boing. Our tiny little peepees. <clears throat> if you ever had your little pecker go boing boing, you might be a redneck. <laughs> Anyways. I was going to ask if you're recording. <laughs> Yeah, I am. <laughs> All right. Do you know do you know where I can watch the movie the just Home Team? Home Team? Yeah, apparently it came out. What is that? It's a new comedy with Kevin James and Rob Schneider and it has actually a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> mm. I've only just heard about it now. No clue where you can watch that. Not sure if you should. I just want to see how bad it is. If it's got a zero. (laughs) I mean, a zero would tell me it's pretty bad. I saw the Schneidman in a uh, commercial yesterday that I was, it was just very interesting to me. He played multiple characters in this commercial. It was for, like, mattresses. And I'm like, you know he doesn't own a mattress. <laughs> yeah, he's like, do you guys fuck like me? <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody fucks like you. You animal. You hot chick. I'm looking at his Rotten Tomato score. He has. He's credited with 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12... 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. He's credited with 58 
movies that he's done. <laughs> All of them except for two are rotten. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. What two? And one of the the one of them is just he's playing himself in Adam Sandler's stand-up special. Oh. And then the and then, and then the other one is Muppets from Space. The- and he was and he was only a and he was only a producer on that one. Wait a minute. Does that cuz he was in Home Alone 2. Is Home Alone 2 a rotten movie? Yeah. Home Alone 2 is out of 35. What? Yeah. That's a tragedy. That movie's awesome. I know. <laughs> Credit card, you got it. <laughs> I think about that all the time. Get down on your knees and tell me you love me. <laughs> I think we had said when we did the um the Home Alone episode, mm-hmm. we're like, I think we had commented on like how it's got a super low score, but we still really like it. I don't even think the first Home Alone has a very good score. Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> well, there's a little bit of movie talk for the Swampies. That'll be a bonus episode, that three minutes of chatter. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He has four movies that scored a zero. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to avoid that movie like the plague. <laughs> Actually, we had a modern day plague, and I didn't even avoid that nearly as much as I'm going to avoid that movie. <laughs> like, I was literally out in the theaters the day before shutdown. <laughs> so, avoid it like the plague. Yeah, right. Alright, ready? Uh, saying avoiding it like the plague is not going far enough. You just have to say avoid it like a Kevin James movie. <laughs> <laughs>